We've been on the negative aspects of your tongue. I woke up this morning and I thought, oh, is this for today? Because I wasn't prepared. Sometimes I wake up and God speaks to me scriptures and certain things. So next week I'll give you what I received this morning. But we're going to finish today. The last negative characteristic of your tongue, and there's many, but we're going to cover one that's really important. And then next week, we're going to start talking about the positive side. Is that all right? Proverbs 18.21 states, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. You and I can choose every day the words that we're going to speak, and they're either poison or fruit. We said that your tongue reveals the level of your maturity. So you get around people and you can listen to them and you can locate where people are at spiritually just by their words. We said your tongue reveals the condition of your heart for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you can get around an individual and you can pick up real quick the condition of their heart. We said your tongue rules your actions and gives direction. You don't like where you're going, what should you start doing? Speaking the right words. We said a Christian who uses his or her tongue to complain. Nobody here has ever complained. I've never complained in my life. Huh. How, how many have ever complained? This week, how many of you complained? How many are going to complain next week? <laughs> no, you're not. A Christian who uses his or her tongue to complain reveals a discontentment with God's will and expresses an unbelief that prevents one from doing what pleases God. So you're just not contented. There's a discontentment. We said God hears our complaints. What happens when God hears our complaints? How does, what does he feel about it? It displeases him and it angers him, all right? How many of your kids ever complain? Does it make you happy? No. We said that <clears throat> complaining reveals a lack of faith in God. So if you're complaining about your financial situation right now, you're basically saying God can't take care of you. Let that sink in. If you're complaining about your finances... You're just saying, Al Shaddai, the God who's more than enough, can't meet my needs. And he can. He might just meet your needs in a way that you don't expect. All right? So don't put God in a box. We said complaining reveals a lack of faith in God. It is a to it's toxic for you, and it's toxic for others. Now, I'm going to go through this quickly. I'm just going to give you this. This is kind of a, a synopsis here of... of 12 uses of the tongue that is condemned by the Bible, all right? 12 different ways you can use your tongue. Number one, tail-bearing. Number two, false witnessing. Number three, whisperings. Number four, slander. Number five, false accusations. Number six, vain talking. Number seven, defaming. Number eight, tattling. Number nine, lying. Number ten, deceiving. Number eleven, backbiting. Number twelve, gossip. Those are twelve negative ways you can use your tongue. 
It's all in the Bible. And they're all backed up by Scripture. Now, here's 12 characteristics of the tongue. It's a little member. It boasts great things. Number two. Number three, it is a fire. Number four, it's a world of iniquity. Number five, it defiles the whole body. Number six, it sets on fire the course of nature. Number seven, it's untamable. Number eight, it's an unruly evil. Number nine, it's full of deadly poison. Number ten, it's used to bless God and to curse men. Number eleven, it's capable of good conversation. And number 12, it's capable of bitter strife. That's all in James. So those are, that's pretty negative, isn't it? Now I want to cover one more thing. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. We're going to cover, you know, we, we spent time on the complaining type, you know, use of your tongue. And we're going to, talk about this one, and no one here has ever done it. So you can just say, oh, I'm glad he's not talking about me today. Gossip. Everyone say it together. Gossip. Once more, gossip. We're going to talk about gossip. And it says in Ephesians 4, how many of you know it's easy to get sucked into a conversation when you're talking with somebody at work, at the factory, or the place of your business, or, or at church, or at school, or where your neighbors? Because usually neighbors are talking about what? Other neighbors. And Ephesians 4.29 states, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearer and do not grieve the holy spirit of god by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption the amplified bible says it this way let no foul or polluting language nor evil word nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and occasion, that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor to those who hear it. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend or vex or sadden him by whom you were sealed, marked, branded as God's own, secured for the day of redemption says it a different way. Now, the Message Bible says, watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps. Each word a gift. I like that. We're talking about our words should be a blessing to others. Each word we speak when we're in, you know, uh, the presence of other people, our words should be gifts. Say, my words should be gifts to others. But you never thought about it that way. We think about giving financial gifts, but your words are gifts. My words are gifts. My words today are gifts to you. Your words you speak every day, whatever you do, are gifts to other people. Amen? Say only what helps. Each word a gift. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. 
His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you. See, we fail to realize, and we're all guilty of this, when we speak, we're not only speaking to other people, but if you're born again, believer, God lives in you. And how, how come we can fool ourselves in thinking God doesn't hear us when we talk? He created everything by words himself. Why do we, we, we you know, lull, we're get lulled into a false sense of security and thinking God never hears what we speak? But he hears every word. He knows every thought. Even before we speak it, he knows every thought. Now, if you think about that long enough and let that sink in, you're going to watch the way you talk. You're going to watch the way you think. Because it grieves God, it grieves the Spirit of God. Corrupt communication here in the Greek means this. You know, we've got a... Behind our shed, we've we've Caleb built this. Uh, of course, we have a place for grass and you know for mulch. But what he does, he takes all his skulls from his creatures that he traps, and he sticks them in that grass, that rotting grass. Why does he do that? Because Mother Nature takes care of cleaning those skulls out. And if you go back, I'll be mowing or weed-eating, and I'll walk right by that where the grass, the mulch is, and his skulls are buried in there, and it hits me. I mean, it, in the summertime when it's hot, you know, one time I, I looked out, and there's our dog Gage dragging a skull across the yard. He'd gotten into it. It stinks. And corrupt communication in the Greek means this, it's something that stinks or something that is rotten, such as meat that is full of maggots. That's what corrupt communication is. It's rotten, it stinks, and it's full of maggots. It's offensive to God, and it grieves him. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and the Apostle Paul has a list here. In verse 20, as he's talking to the Corinthian people, in verse 20 of 2 Corinthians, he says, For I fear lest, when I come, I shall not find you such as I wish, that I shall be found by you such as you do not wish, lest there be contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings. What's your Bible say the next word is? Whisperings. Conceits and tumults. Whisperings is not the, really the best translation. Gossip is the best translation. But you think about the word whisperings. Why do, why do we refer to it as whispering? What do most people do when they gossip? They whisper. Why? Because they don't want to the other person that they're gossiping about to hear them. You know, where can gossip occur? It occurs in, at work, wherever you're at. It can, it, it can be disguised. Listen, listen to this. Gossip can be disguised as prayer in a church. 
gossip can be disguised as prayer. Oh, let's just pray for, for that Osborne family. You know, they're, they're, they're a mess. Now, I'm just, I'm just using you as an example. So don't leave here and go, oh, my God, I'm a mess. Oh, let's pray because you heard about so-and-so. You heard about this. You heard about that. Or let's, let's talk about that Nate Coder guy. See, we need to pray about Nutter. Well, he does need prayer. I'll clue you. He needs prayer, this guy right here. Do you see what I'm saying? And, and people just, they relish that. And we'll look at a scripture that, that describes just what I'm saying to you in a minute here. Gossip is the better translation. Now, here's some characteristics of gossip. Then I'm going to read to you from a book I want that will tell you how to deal with it. I know ne- nobody here's ever gossiped. It's awful quiet in this Presbyterian church. Characteristics of gossip. It takes place in secret where the subject of your gossip can't hear you. Number two, talking to others about things that don't concern you. Talking to others about things that, you know, there's just some things that don't concern you and I. So we should be talking about them. Number three, repeating information even though you don't know whether it's true or not. Repeating information even though you don't know whether it's true or not. We're all going to have to receive communion after this. Number four. Talking, here's one, talking like you're an authority about matters that are other people's business when in reality you don't know what you're talking about. Have you ever been around people like that? Oh, they know it all. They can tell you everything. But they're really, honestly, they're idiots. They don't know a thing. But they think they do. Number five, gossip is usually based on hearsay. It's inaccurate, inaccurate, and it creates suspicion, and it divides people. That's why gossip at work. How many have ever heard other people gossip where you work? Okay, I'll just, I'll just pick on you. By the way, he just got a promotion. I'm proud of him. Amen. They gossip at work? It's a factory. You work in a factory setting, you're going to have people to gossip because they're not happy with the boss. They're not happy with a fellow employee, right? Anybody ever hear gossip at work? Anybody here ever partake in that? Don't want to raise your hand, do you? I'm going to have to leave again next week. You'll have to minister. When's Pastor Mike going to get off this tongue message? It divides people. Gossip can divide a church. It can divide a church. It creates strife. And that's why, you know, you've got to be very careful as, as a pastor if you recognize gossiping is going on that you deal with it. Gossip... There are often people who have been offended or hurt. Anybody here ever been offended or hurt? Sure. 
There are often people who have been offended or hurt by the one who is the subject of their gossip. Maybe you didn't get the promotion. You got the promotion. I'll, I'll guarantee you. There were people where you work that heard about what happened to you. And there wasn't a brass band. They weren't, oh, that that guy, that Swartz dude, he's a great guy. Why'd he get the promotion? I should have got the promotion. See what I mean? It's what happens. Okay? People get offended. They get hurt. And then they start talking. And then what, they, what do you want to do? When you have people like that who are offended and hurt, they're like magnets. What's, what's a magnet do? It attracts other people to you that will gossip with you. They'll join forces with you against that other individual because they've been hurt and offended too. Say, Pastor Mike... You're preaching the truth. I'm listening. Gossip creates factions in the office or church. And there are people, God bless them, who think they're doing a service to their place of business or employment by gossiping. Well, I just want to inform you, so-and-so is doing this. And they want a pat on the back. Now, I'm going to close with this. I don't want this to be a very long service today because it's going to take all of us some time to heal up after this. You think I enjoy this? You know, you can't say, you know, when I'm done and I'm out here, I'm not a preacher here anymore, I hope you just... Uh, the best thing you can ever say for me is I preach the truth. I taught you the truth. No, I'm not perfect. Nobody said amen. All right. <laughs> I'm not perfect. There's not a perfect pastor out there. But I have preached the truth to you. Listen to this by Rick Renner, great man of God, understands the Greek he says, perhaps there's nothing more distressful than behavior of a talebearer, one who meddles in other people's affairs and repeats information that is none of his business to tell. This kind of person is usually putting his nose where it doesn't belong and often makes the situation worse because people begin to talk, talk, and talk. Usually a talebearer or gossip doesn't have all the facts. Thus, he needlessly stirs up a lot of trouble as people begin to form opinions and take sides regarding situations they know very little about. Candace, you work at the city. <laughs> I'll guarantee you this applies. Proverbs eleven thirteen states, A talebearer reveals secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. So here are some questions to consider. When people think of you, do they think of you as a talebearer who repeats everything you hear, or do they find you to be a confidential, private, and trustworthy individual? Do you have the reputation of being able to conceal a matter, or do people think you're two-faced and have loose lips? Are, you, are your friends certain 
that if someone starts to say something negative about them, you will walk away refusing to listen to that rumor? Or do they worry that you might listen to gossip that is being spread about them? Every listener has the ability, now listen, every listener has the ability to walk away from a conversation. Boy, this is good for all of us. No one has the right to force dirt into another person's ears. You have a choice. You can either pull up a chair, draw close to the gossiper, open your ears, and let him start whispering what he has heard about what he thinks that he knows, or you can choose to walk away and refuse to listen to him. More churches could have been spared a lot of strife and division if the individual would say, you know what? No, Pastor Mike's not perfect. The worship leader's not perfect. So-and-so's not perfect. But I go to church here, and I pray for them, and you have no right to gossip about them. Now, if you'll do that, you'll stop it. You'll stop it. You see, in order for the words of gossip to be successful, there must be two parties involved, the gossiper and the listener. Without a listener, the gossiper's voice is silenced. If there is no one to listen, there's nothing to tell. This is exactly why Proverbs 26.20 states, where no, wood is there, where no wood is, there the fire goes out, so where there's no tail bear, the strife ceaseth. When people start to run at the mouth and repeat information that isn't theirs to tell, be brave enough to simply tell them, excuse me, but this conversation makes me uncomfortable and I don't think I want to be a part of it. By the same token, if you're tempted to talk with others about the private business of someone else, refuse to do it even if the information is factual. I'll, I'll be honest with you. The great men of God, the apostles of God like, you know, Hagen, Wigglesworth, John G. Lake, they chose their words carefully, and most of the time they were quiet individuals. They didn't speak much. They didn't talk much. People mistakenly assume that if the information they are telling is accurate, then it isn't gossip. Are you listening? But why would gossip be more acceptable to God just because a person is repeating accurate information about someone else's affairs? It's still none of that person's business. Besides, even when people think they're repeating accurate information, most of the time it isn't accurate. But accurate or not, no one has the right to go around delving into other people's business. Proverbs, now listen to this scripture. Proverbs 18.8. The words of a talebearer are as wounds and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Why did Solomon refer to the long-term effects of gossip as wounds? Consider this. Gossip permanently blemishes, blemishes our view of the person being discussed. Once that picture gets into our minds, it's very hard to erase it. It is simply a fact that we almost never forget a bad report we've heard about someone else. Every time we see the person about whom we'd heard the gossip, that rumor will be resurrected in our minds. It becomes a wound, a mark, a stain in our memory. So make the decision today to refrain from gossiping. Be a man or woman of God. Refuse to even listen to it. The next time someone starts to run at the mouth and talk about things that are not his or to decide or to discuss, confront that person about what he's doing.
Oh, if the body of Christ would just do that. Oh, if the church would do that, there'd be so many pastors and ministry gifts. They wouldn't be left by the wayside bleeding and their families torn apart by sheep that don't know better. Keep your mouth shut. If you can't say anything good, then don't say anything at all. My daddy used to tell me that. He was a businessman. If you can't say anything, keep your mouth shut. And you know what? I didn't listen to his advice when I was young. But the older I've gotten, I've realized words are poison or fruit. You choose. If he chooses to continue gossiping, walk away from that individual. Maintain your integrity before God and before those who are being discussed. So ask yourself this question. Am I a revealer or a concealer? Don't allow yourself to fall into the trap of discussing and debating things that don't concern you. Certainly you have enough to deal with in your own life without jumping into the middle of situations where you have never been formally invited. Anybody here got enough to deal with? your own life, your own family. If you'll let the Holy Spirit help you, he will show you how to walk away from the gossipers and thus maintain integrity with everyone. You'll be able to go through life knowing that you haven't listened to or been a participant in conversations that bring hurt and wounds to other people. Boy, that was a good message. I learned that from him. Young people, pay attention. Not just us older folks. Let's stand up this morning.